This is the ERP Advisor. Today's episode, revolutionizing financial operations with the right business intelligence and analytics tools. Thank you for joining us today for our CPE webinar, Revolutionizing Financial Operations with the Right Business Intelligence and Analytics Tools. In this CPE presentation, our presenter will be discussing the power strong analytics and business intelligence tools have on driving down costs and increasing profitability for businesses, as well as providing CFOs and other senior senior financial executives with methodology for identifying and selecting the right BI and analytics tools for their needs. During this seminar, we will cover the following learning objectives, the importance of BI and analytics tools for managing the company's success, the role of analytics in regulatory compliance, how to identify your analytics needs, the types of BI and analytics tools available on the market, and how to select the exact tool to meet your individual needs. Today's presentation is valid for one CPE credit. In order to receive CPE credit, each attendee is required to attend the full 50-minute presentation, as well as engage and answer all of the polling questions asked throughout the presentation. If you are needing CPE credit for today's presentation, please leave your name in the chat of this Zoom or send an email to me, Juliet, J-U-L-I-E-T-T-E, at erpadvisorsgroup.com uh, for record, and you will be issued a certificate for CPE. At the end of today's presentation, there will be a short question and answer period. If you have a question for our presenter, please add it to the chat section of this Zoom. Sean Windle is our presenter for today. Sean is the founder and managing principal of ERP Advisors Group based in Denver, Colorado. Sean has worked in the enterprise software industry for over 25 years. He started his career at Accenture and Arthur Anderson Business Consulting and moved into the software industry with Oracle as a technology product manager. There are only a few people in the world with the practical software experience that Sean has gained with helping hundreds of clients across many industries with selecting and implementing a wide variety of enterprise solutions. His podcast, The ERP Advisor, has dozens of episodes with thousands of downloads and is featured on prominent podcast platforms such as Apple and Spotify. Hi, Sean. Thanks for joining us today. Sure. Thank you, Julia. If you're ready, I'll pass it over to you for our presentation today. Okay, let's do it. Okay. So today, as Juliet said, <clears throat> we're going to talk about a really interesting topic around sort of financial kind of, of um, improvement. And I think we have a couple different titles out there, actually, right? Like we're talking about sort of transformational finance operations around business and and uh, business intelligence and analytics tools. So what are they and why do they matter? So that's a mouthful, um, but, but we're definitely going to take this down. And as usual, our approach here is, is very pragmatic, very practical and simple. So as we go through this content, please send um, questions over. I think there's a chat or maybe you can just email them to Juliet at ERP Advisors Group too. Um, and we'll definitely handle those at the end. Um, and if there's anything else that we can do along the way um, after the presentation, we're always around to help as well, too. So just let us know. So with that kind of strange introduction, let's jump into it. And I say it's strange because it's an interesting um, topic for us to take on. Um, as some of you know, our firm, ERP Advisors Group, does exactly what the title says, which is advise around ERP or enterprise resource planning software. Now, the truth of the matter is, I would say in the 40 clients that we're working with right now, probably three quarters of them really have major pain points around data visibility, analytics, wanting to see what's happening within their system, and they can't get there. And they realize that one of the first steps they have to take is to get an ERP in place. Then they can start looking at the business intelligence analytics reporting and several other things. So we're going to assume for this discussion, um, and actually I'll show you a scenario later where we'll talk more specifically 
where you, your organization has good transaction processing systems. If you have that, you're fine. If you don't, don't talk about BI and analytics yet. You've got to get your transactions in a system that's solid that can expose those transactions. So let's get into it here. <clears throat> so what are BI and analytics tools? I want you to think with gradients. And when I say gradients, I had to look this word up the other day. I really mean just nice, small changes really towards an improvement. That's what we're looking to do. And when we talk about um, BI and analytics, we're talking about a gradient of reporting. So it's really sort of this idea of how do we show information in a way that is consumable for people, I guess, and machines and bots mm, um, that can actually take this information and make something useful with it. Now, think about it. Again, kind of gradient, crawl, walk, run. That's another phrase we use. Basic reporting would be first, right? And that's just exposing core transactions, master data, um, key information, just like pushing it up so people can see it, right? That's basic reporting. Business intelligence, on the other hand, if you think about that next level, is really more creating relationships amongst core data for greater visibility. So, well, I'll give you some examples in a minute here. Then analytics is sort of the next gradient in terms of sophistication and frankly, usefulness too, where these are tools that help to analyze and make decisions based on insights, really from the basic reporting and from business intelligence. So if we stay on this slide for just another second here, the key is to really understand in a very simple example what we're talking about. And I really want to ding this in with us before we go any further on this conversation so everybody understands this. Here's an example. Let's look at a warehouse, right? Let's say this is a 100,000 square foot warehouse. Maybe the company has 10 of these. Maybe they have one of them. Maybe it's only 3,000 square feet. That's bigger, I think, right there than 3,000 even. But various sizes, doesn't matter. Basic reporting would give us information like items, um, the number of items, the location of those items. Pretty straightforward, right? Business intelligence would bring that that the item information that we have with maybe sales information and maybe even a little bit of the location. And it would show for this location, what are the sales of this item? That's great. That's intelligence about the data, right? That's helpful for us to understand that. Analytics gives us the ability to say, not just for maybe that item in that warehouse in that location, but across all of our locations, which items are moving the fastest? Um, which locations are selling specific items and how does that correlate back to margin on the sales side, on the sales order side or invoicing side, right? Business intelligence, again, sort of exposes kind of the key elements with the relationships between them. But analytics goes to that next level of saying, um, being able, I should say, for us to make better decisions about which items do we buy and when and for which locations, because we have analytics that show in the southwestern part of the United States, um, items such as uh, heavy coats, you know, don't do very well in the summer versus um, in the northern part of the United States in January, they're going to move quickly, right? That's a silly example because everybody knows that. But um, although we're down in Florida, and you'd be surprised how many people wear winter coats down here when it's not that cold, but that's okay. Um, but analytics is where you start really seeing this 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 sort of rich kind of again um, analytics of uh, based around making decisions that we're going to tie back to financial performance and really even getting to that revolutionary standpoint. However, each one of these points can be revolutionary if you don't have them in place and then you get them in place. Let's go a little bit further with our explanation on the next slide. So what we're ultimately looking for whenever we're working with software tools um, is what's the value, right? What, what, what's the success that um, the business is going to see from it? So, you know, clearly we want to give unique insights to people um, at companies, nonprofits, government agencies as well into the current state of the company. Um, and that's that's really kind of the, the, the key part that we're looking for here is what is the current state? Because remember, organizations, businesses, 
whatever they are, they're so big and there's so much data out there that there's no way that this can all reside in one person's head anymore. We've far outgrown that, whether you're a million dollar distributor or a billion dollar services firm, right? Understanding what that current state is, is extremely vital. We have to have that. And the leaders, the people that are making decisions, they need to understand what that state is of the business right now, including what the challenges are that are being faced and what could be faced in the future. The other part of of reporting BI and analytics that that we love is that we're getting quantitative insights into the future path of the organization. So it is very easy to run a business by emotion, but that's not going to get you very far um, for sure versus having quantitative data that you can even run statistics on. You can actually start to see what's really happening um, across the entire organization, maybe even global. Um, So that's a huge part of this. Um, and as well as leaders, right, the folks at the top who are making more strategic decisions, we need the middle people, the operators, the people that are down in, you know, basically the trenches also able to make decisions um, and really understanding, you know, what their decisions and what their actions are and how that relates to the whole company. Um, and then, frankly, some of these analytical tools especially can do, like I mentioned, some stat analysis, regression analysis, um, even forecasting and planning and many, many more things. So we'll talk about that more in a bit here. But that's what it's all about. And, and you can see how having really easy tools, that's the hard part, um, that tie into really correct business data, that's the second part, could help you. As, a, as an operator, as a leader, um, as, as a worker to make better decisions. I think we all know that, but we're going to dive into some more specifics on how to make that happen. Good. Okay. So true or false? This is our first question. You need to answer this for the CPE. BI and analytics tools are a gradient of reporting. True or false? A question should pop up. Go ahead and uh, click on uh, what you think the answer is. And if anybody gets a question wrong today, you have to listen to this in slow motion four times over until you get it right. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. (laughs) Give me another couple seconds here, maybe 30 seconds or so to answer. It's, um, It's interesting when you apply that concept of gradients to really anything around enterprise software, a lot of stuff starts to make more sense than it ever did before, frankly. Good, let's go to our next slide. The answer is true, exactly. So so uh, this again, before we leave this topic, I, I really want everybody on this call to really understand this, that when you're buying a reporting tool, a BI tool, an analytics tool, it's very easy to say they all do the same things and they don't. Now, I'll be honest with you, in our particular field, enterprise software, which is amazing, but sometimes I'm a little, I don't know, ashamed. This is one of those where this is our nomenclature. This is what we use at ERP Advisors Group. And we're even getting more clarity around this, even in putting together this presentation, frankly. But if you were to go out and talk to uh, Click, Flowcast, and Tableau and say, are you a BI or analytics tool? They'd say, yes. <laughs> They'd say, what do you need? Which one do you want? Right. So just be careful. We're going to try to, again, set some basic patterns in place here. But then when you go out to the real world, um, you'll be able to apply these, though. It will be helpful. Good. Let's go to the next slide. Okay. <clears throat> so now, like I said, there's there's gradients, there's there's building blocks, there's ways to do this correctly. And um, very honestly, ERP, Enterprise Resource Planning, right? We talk a lot about that on all our calls. It's in our name. I think my uh, we, we named one of our cars, Erpy. Um, you know, Erica is my partner, my wife, and she owns half the business. So we're all about the ERP around here. But the key thing for this presentation is, What's the difference between ERP reporting tools and BI and analytics, right? Well, what are ERP reporting tools used for? 
all really i i mean most i don't know what some of the open source erps are like uh for reports but the erps that are you know packaged off the shelf solutions from uh, viable vendors all have out of the box functionality for reports like inventory analysis and purchase order status financial statements uh customer sales really anything you can think of frankly most of the prevalent erps today have hundreds of canned reports, canned as in right out of the box, right? It's funny how every single client we ever work with says, no, 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 these won't work. And we're like, but you just, uh, there's like a hundred in there or 200 or 400. No, it won't work. Okay, fine. Sometimes you have to build your own report to actually see the value of the report. So there you go. Um, also, we have to, uh, the reports assist businesses um, or ERPs, pardon me, assist businesses in generating basic reports for specific business segments too. So not just legal entities, but we may have um, class location, we may have uh, business units, different kind of segmentations, customer um, type segments, all kinds of different things that an ERP can do reporting on. But here's the thing. The ERP has to have the data in it in order to do the reporting. So, for instance, if we want to do product profitability by customer segment, product profitability by customer segment, we have to have our products and usually the item master, the product list with hierarchical relationships, right? And we have to have the customers relating back to customer segments. What are the segments that it could be geo, it could be industry type, it could be whatever, um, could be small, medium, large, or important to less important, whatever. But all that information really has to be in the ERP and the ERP tools are built really, really well to handle that. Now, if we go to the next slide, um, there are limitations though, right? Um, of, of these kinds of reporting tools. They're very specific to the segments of the ERP. So just like I said, if we want to do a customer segment based off of um, strategic importance, and you know, I think we're out of most of these problems, but we weren't a couple of years ago. Every single consumer goods company that we worked with, especially when they worked with um, the the um, wholesalers, retailers, different kinds of larger customers where 80, 90% of their business went to 20% of their customers, you bet they were sending product to those bigger customers over the little guys that might've been trying to order a onesie or twosie on the website. So not having that specification of the customer segments based on strategic importance versus less important versus not important that means somebody manually has to go into the order management system and decide, go fulfill this order, but not that order. I just went through a whole lot on there. But but the key thing to keep in mind is, is if it's not in the ERP, um, we don't know about it. The ERP tools don't know about it. It's also difficult to sort, run calcs, et cetera, within the ERP alone. Most of the ERPs have different kinds of search tools. They have different kinds of query tools. And they maybe even have a report writer kind of a tool. But when you want to start doing pretty complex calculations on the data, um, I mean, you know, like stuff you do in Excel is probably fine, but stuff you would do in SQL, uh, you're going to actually have to start writing some more um, scripting in that. Um, and then the reports also sometimes have limited functionality. And unfortunately, um, you know, different, different ERPs, um, don't have the ability to uh, download data in a certain way that you would expect, right? Or they maybe the way they do the display isn't quite right. So there is limited functionality. Um, and as I mentioned before, uh, none of the canned reports are, are quite right. So, so with all of this said, right, there are some benefits to ERP reporting tools, but there are limitations. But I would really recommend trying to wake everybody up on the call here, I really would recommend use as much of the reporting and analytics and BI functionality as you can out of your ERP first before you go to a new solution. That seems obvious, but I think a lot of times people become enamored with maybe what the marketers or the salespeople are saying from one of these other tools and they don't just pick up the phone and just call your, your current ERP vendor, your implementation partner and say, hey, I'm doing this. I hate it that I have to do it in Excel. It's taken me forever. 
can you fix this for me? And how much is it going to cost? Oh yeah, we can totally do it. No problem. And it's $25,000. Ooh. At that point, maybe you do go get a reporting, another reporting tool because you can spend maybe that much and then have more capability to do other reporting tools later. But it is a little bit like a house construction project too, in that once you start, you start pouring the money. What was the movie Money Pit? You're right. Um, it can become a little bit of that too. Again, knowledge is the key to get through that. That's what we're doing this for. Good. Let's go to the next slide. Okay, so now business intelligence tools, the next gradient up, they're used to collect, process, analyze, sort, filter, and report on large quantities of data from internal and external systems. So the beauty of these kinds of solutions is that they can bring information from multiple sources, could even bring it in from um, Awanda or uh, some of the other tools that are bringing in currency translation rates can bring in news. Um, we've had some clients that'll bring in news sources along with their business data, especially if there's seasonality to figure out what weather patterns are going to be or whatever, right? So business intelligence tools, you can almost think of them like an octopus and that they can reach out there. Their tentacles can reach wide and they can go to other data sources and pull information in. They're made to be very flexible with that import, whereas an ERP is not. You can always create custom tables in an ERP to drop stuff in. We've done that before. But remember, an ERP is mostly about transaction processing. And all those transactions and all those records, as our data migration guys will tell you, have to align. Whereas a BI tool, hey, just go grab it, bring it in, right? And so we can transform raw data into useful form to make informed business decisions. By once we have all that information, we can start tying some things together. I will tell you that that functionality that I just described, though, it's not easy. And it does often require an analyst who is sort of a BI kind of kind of a person. They kind of think that way. And sometimes our offices of the CFOs have those people. Um, sometimes they don't. Um, so it is something to just keep in mind that the BI tools really only as good as the people that you have that can not only bring the data in, but also start to create the relationships. Good. Let's go on to the analytics. Oh, excuse me, the limitations. Um, so, you know, there there are interesting, um, I, I hate talking about security. I was just on another call with somebody today. Uh, oh, one of my clients, uh, we were talking about some security breaches and stuff. And there are limitations to these BI tools in that while they're overall sort of architecture is going to be very solid. You want to make sure when you're selecting one of these tools that you do look at their cybersecurity plans and risks and how they mitigate that and that. But you are putting a lot of data into a BI tool that, you know, maybe even has sensitive data. Sometimes you're putting HR information out there or other information. So you do need to be aware that, um, wow, we're, you know, we, we want to pull in, um, you know, uh, COGS, um, information, not just based off for, for manufacturing, not just based off average cost, but actual cost. And we want to tie that to some of the other components in our business. Well, now you're pulling in payroll data, right? So, so you really do need to be aware of that. And, and the business intelligence tools are certainly secure, but I'll just tell you this. As an example, we did an implementation with a client six years ago, seven years ago. And I've told them, uh, guys, I get your emails uh, from uh, Domo um, on this report that you do still. <laughs> and we've tried to kill it. And it. Whatever. There's something going on with that user ID. I actually haven't seen one in a while, come to think of it, thankfully. Uh, so here I am as one of the consultants getting you know sales reports six years later because I helped out on that project, right? So you got to be careful. Just because this data goes into this other area doesn't necessarily mean that it's safe and that it's like, just be aware of that. Um, there are limitations in the tools that BI's um, business intelligence apps have. So some of the apps are maybe geared more towards operational data. Some are more financial data. Some are in between two. And as always, as like the basic premise of my existence as a being around ERP and enterprise software, if you've got, you know, crappy data, you're going to get crappy results, right? So you really do want to make sure, again, that the information that goes into these systems is good. That's good. I don't think I've said much that's really a too, too much of a surprise to everybody yet, but let's make this a little bit more interesting here as we go forward. So analytics. 
Now, you can think about the analytics tools as, um, you know, a little bit of sort of the artificial intelligence, machine learning kind of thought pattern where software doesn't just say, you know, here's this, but what does this mean and what do I do about it, right? That's the realm of the analytics tools. So they're used to discover, interpret, and communicate patterns within the data. And um, really, those decisions that then we can make from that data can help us across really the entire organization. And I would tell you that even in um, a presentation we did today, where we put a business case for a new ERP, and we said we thought we could get a 1% increase in EBITDA, because the um, executives can make better strategic decisions about the business given the data presented to them. If it's more than 1%, like it better be more than 1%, frankly, but uh, we're very conservative. But on an analytics tool, this is where you start to see, like if we can build that intelligence into the tool to help us to make these better decisions, you know, which plants are slowing down in production and where do we need to send raw material for the, that's on a ship today that we're going to receive in two weeks, you can start to see how the actual increase in the overall performance could be quite significant. It does require, and there are some limitations that we're going to talk about because there, it does require some, some really key resources. Let's go to that next slide. Um, it's, it's definitely, as you can imagine, when we start getting into these more higher value, value added tools, the dollars do start to go up. And the return on investment is not immediate. It takes time to build these models, to build out the analytics in a way to at least start working with them to see what is going to be beneficial. Um, there is definitely concerns around improper analysis if the data collected is poor. Businesses still need to be aware of their data going into the system for sure. And again, um, with any of this ML AI stuff, it's only as good as the information going in. And we also still need people to interpret the data properly. So um, when I think about the people who are on this call and looking kind of at, at uh, and thinking through, you know, finance leaders, there's operations leaders, IT leaders, you know, we've all been in these positions where um, we've bought tools with a big promise and the tool didn't come through. <laughs> Definitely. This is an area where expectations can be set way, way too high from the get-go. Uh, but the the ROI, the payback is absolutely there. It just takes a longer-term investment. Okay, let's go to our next slide here. So we threw up a bunch of different logos here um, of tools that sort of kind of fit in around these topics. And it's it's not, you know, it's the, the software, I've never thought about this analogy before. Erica's probably going to cringe because um, I'm definitely not a, uh, she's actually uh, a biology major um, and I'm not. But if you think about um the categorization of life on this planet, right? There's there's species, different species, right? And different species have different groups underneath them. Software is not built that way. It, it is so intricate. It's intertwined between these different applications. But I do want to just separate these, these apps out a little bit so you can understand kind of what we're looking at. So um, you will often see those three solutions, uh, Domo, Tableau, Click on the left-hand side is BI and analytics tools kind of out there, right? They sort of categorize themselves around there. Um, but, you know, you can see some of these FP&A tools, especially around the financial planning and analysis or analytics that also can provide some analytics that um, could fit into this category too, while BI and analytics tools like Domo, Tableau, and Click are more, you know, big database or big, big data sources, lakes, you know, the, the, the Microsoft BI tools kind of fit in here too. You know, where you can shove a bunch of data in, you can write some code and bring up some stuff and do some visualization, BI and analytics there, as well as that next level of AI and ML. The FP&A tools, which they kind of call corporate performance management or 
enterprise performance management too, the bigger ones are on the right side there. These are more built around financials, right? Like financial statements, income statement, balance sheet, forecasting, planning, doing different scenarios, all that kind of thing. And they can still do some analytics, right? Because they have a lot of that financial data in them. There's also accounting automation tools, which usually don't get too mixed up in this, but you might have seen Flowcast, Blackline, or Kiva. And then the big boys and the big girls on the uh, on the sheet here, um, Oracle, EPM, OneStream, and Anaplan are really more what, what that category would we call it enterprise performance management in general. Um, uh, Oracle uh, built their tools based off of Hyperion. Funny enough, the people that started OneStream are from Hyperion. Um, so if you're used to the cube S-based stuff from uh, days of yore, that's really where that like major, major data crunching kind of comes in. So so just know there's a lot of tools in the market around here. But but what for the purpose of this conversation, we really are mostly focused on these BI and analytics tools. They're relatively inexpensive. They're easy to plop on top of an ERP and a CRM and maybe an SCM solution too. So that'll help you get a little bit more context, hopefully, of what we're talking about or it may have just confused the heck out of you. We'll find out in our questions. <laughs> Which of the following provides only basic functionality for data collection and analysis? Now we're talking basic, 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 right? The ERP itself, uh, business business intelligence analytics, or, um, or business intelligence tools analytics, or all the above. We'll give you a good 30 seconds there to answer that. Would really love some feedback um, from you all too on this call um, after the presentation. It just Sean S H A W N at erpadvisorsgroup.com. And I'd love to know. Um, we think there's so much confusion here. Again, that's why we're putting this out here. And I'd love to know if you're less confused <laughs> at the end of this presentation. Good. Let's go on to the answer. Yep, the ERP itself. So that's where a lot of, um, again, the drive for these BI and analytics tools come from is that the ERP is just simply not able to do what you need. But again, please try to maximize the tools um, that you have in ERP first before you get into these other complex areas. But let's go on. Okay. Now, um, this is always an important topic. I think in any um, sort of an office of the CFO, CPE, um, I guess that's what we always do. Um, but when we're talking about um, you know, really helping our, our constituents, you all, that are on the accounting side, you know, compliance is just it's rampant. And um, I mean, it's it's what we deal with. And maybe it even employs us a little bit, frankly. Um, but but it is important to see that these tools that we're talking about, they do have a role in compliance and reporting for sure. I mean, especially as the need for compliance continues to go up. I mean, one can just say ESG and how do we know where we're at in those different dimensions in our business, right? Wouldn't it be great if we had some tools that could mine our information, pull it back to us and present some reports. So super important that we, um, you know, look at these tools around sort of the regulatory compliance and, um, the reality is, is the automation that we can build around compliance helps us to become more compliant, kind of makes sense. Um, when we're reliant upon individuals to put together reports and they don't understand the regulatory requirements, um, we're kind of exposed, to be honest with you. So putting together automation, putting together um, approved sort of solutions in this area can really save an organization a lot and, and reduce your risk for sure. Um, and, and that's really what these sort of BI and analytics tools can say as the third bullet says there is sort of minimize human input. Now, um, we were doing some stuff on this chat GPT, I think like everybody else recently. And um, it's interesting to sort of say, oh, well, does you know BI and analytics and chat GPT eliminate the need for regulatory compliance uh, specialists? <laughs> and the answer is, if anything, it makes the need higher 
because maybe the basics of our compliance reporting can be covered, but then we can start getting into more analytics. We can start getting into more proactive information where we're leading towards a situation that could take us out of compliance and we find out about it before we actually go, right? So these kinds of, of, of database data sources that we can actually see what's happening throughout the organization, they're transformational. You know, we can monitor compliance more proactively, whereas a spreadsheet, again, it's only as good as the person who's putting data into it. And even if we're dropping, you know, automatically importing information through some kind of a OBD or ODBC connector, um, still Excel requires a lot of manual manipulation to get things into the right format. So there is a play here for BI and analytics for sure. I don't know if you're going to ever do a business case to go buy a new BI and analytics tool because it will help us with regulatory compliance, but talk to the BI and analytics software people, and I'm sure they will tell you there is. <laughs> Let's go to the next slide. Good. So now here's our next question. In what way is business intelligence not assisting businesses in meeting compliance? So BI creates a more transparent environment. It can cut down on human error. It completely removes the need for human input in compliance reviews. Uh, BI is more cost-effective than previous manual evaluations. What do you think? Okay, we'll give you just another minute here. Fifteen seconds. Okay, the answer is C. That's right. Yep. I don't care what the AI ML guys and gals say. The humans aren't going away. However, when you do follow um, Elon Musk, which is quite entertaining on Twitter. Um, <laughs> especially these days, like today. Um, but uh, but there is concern from some of these opinion leaders out there that as we start to automate things that it could change. But it's it's very interesting to me to always look at the automation is only as good as the person who wrote it. Always, 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 always. And if that's a good person, you're fine. If it's a bad person, it's bad. So um, let's keep the regulatory, and, uh, re regulatory compliance and reporting good and we'll be fine. Good. Let's go to our next question. Now, um, how can you identify your business's needs? Um, oh, we got an extra extra S up there. So, so I think this is where I really do want um, you all to, to really pay close attention to this. Because again, we don't sell software. I say this every call. We don't get cuts from implementation partners or from anybody. The only people that pay us are our clients. And, and that's really, really, really important here because what our job to do, our job is, is to make sure that the need that you have is actually going to be met with the software. And so we have lots and lots and lots of years of experience in doing this. So the couple key questions that you can ask yourself are, what is your business trying to accomplish? And what platform is your business currently on? So what we're trying to say with that is if, if you're looking at those core reports, then you need to go again to um, the ERP. I think I've made that clear. If there's anything in this mystical discussion around um, BI and reporting, I think that's one thing that's super clear. And you also do have to look on the platform that you're running today because it could very well be that that platform does not give you the insight into the data that really does make your business who you are today. We've seen this where clients' models change, their business models change, and the app's not set up to really get into the level of information. So let's talk about how to select um, a tool here that'll meet your needs here on the next slide. And like we just said, vital that 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 you look at the platform that you're running, that you're that you're pardon me, the platform you're implementing, and you know this can extend into. I'm really trying not to go down the Microsoft path, but I'm just going to do it. If your technology platform is on Microsoft, 
it's very, very, very easy to just go down a BI and analytics path with Microsoft. The tools are relatively inexpensive. They work a lot like your existing platform does. And you, your people, if you have them, right? If you have technical teams that are in the Microsoft application infrastructure stack, so not just supporting the servers um, or even the cloud deployment, but like actually working in uh, uh, Power Automate or the Power Platform or maybe doing some CRM stuff or whatever, then they're really going to drive you towards sort of the analytics packages from Microsoft. And we would do the same thing too, right? But you do also need to look at the tools that are needed to run your business and operate. So while, you know, the Microsoft Power BI, which may even come with your Office 360 account, by the way, is there and you're paying for it, the real tools that you need are visualization and analytics tools for the executive team. Well, Power BI can do that. But there may be tools that can provide that functionality better out of the box. There's a lot of steps you have to take with Power BI. And the other thing that you really have to look at, too, is the complexity of your business operations, meaning if it's relatively simple, we can probably go relatively simple tools. The more complex you are and the deeper you want to get, well, that does change the requirements then for the tools. As well as finally, and as always, for every um, software selection or every software project, the budget you have for implementing the tool is vital as well. And it's not always just, hey, let's get the cheapest tool, right? It, it can really come down to um, the level of pain that your organization is feeling and the impetus or the urgency, I should say, to make a decision and make a change. And, and that may even allow you more budget than you might think is available because these solutions meet a last mile requirement. And what I mean by that is if you've done your homework, if you have your transactions in place, if you've got good, clean data, if you've got people that understand the data structures, you might be able to spend a quarter million dollars even, right? Let's just throw some numbers out. We've done BI projects that are 10,000. We've done BI projects that are a million, but you know, 250,000 would be a pretty good investment, I'd say. You might be able to do that and get millions and millions of dollars of benefit in a very short amount of time if those problems that you're trying to solve are that big and um, and the opportunities there. So that's probably clear as mud. So let's get down to a few specific scenarios where I hope it'll drive into more specificity so that you can see why we would do um, and recommend what we do. Okay, so here's the first scenario. These are real life scenarios as well here, and I'm gonna. I think we'll have time to cover them all. So in this scenario, the ERP reporting tools were amazing for this client, and to have done anything more would have been an absolute disaster, to be honest with you. So it's a very diverse engineering firm. They sold services, they sold service contracts, they sold products. Very, very different kinds of, of a business model. And um, they're, actually their existing ERP was being sunsetted and the business model had evolved significantly and they realized they needed an ERP, a brand new ERP, and they had very few IT staff. So, so you can imagine that environment, right? And when we talked to them, um, when we first met with them, it was pretty easy to see that a new ERP was probably the right decision the type of ERP, what it needed to accomplish, those were that was a different story. Um, we needed an ERP that could support. Uh, you may hear this if you've worked in the engineering field. This uh, silver tsunami, um, which is a, a sort of a, a situation that's happening where a lot of folks are in the latter parts of their career and they're retiring, and so we're bringing in new people. And when we're focusing on newer people, their needs for software were different than um, some of the other folks, but we had to meet everybody's needs. So, ooh, and they wanted more information about their project profitability. Great, here we go. We realized early on, we did need to do an e a new ERP. Believe it or not, 
Um, actually, another engineering firm just last year, we said, don't change your ERP. So we're not just trying to get everybody into, into a new ERP, despite our name. Um, <laughs> but for these guys, yeah, we had to get the business data managed in the system first. Like it had to be operationalized. It had to be set. It had to be cleaned um, in order to view the intricate project and inventory costing information. There was no other way that, that we were going to be able to just do a report because the data wasn't available in their legacy Microsoft solution. But the good news was, was that the out-of-the-box reports from their ERP and their search tools, this was NetSuite, um, with the safe searches were fantastic and gave them the visibility that they needed. They're able to now make more profitable project decisions. They've increased their resource utilization, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that was great. I mean, we did get them. We had to make them buy a new ERP. They kind of knew that anyway. But the good news was is didn't have to go into other reporting analytics tools, unlike the next two scenarios we're going to talk about. So in this one, You'll notice, right, bigger organization, global life sciences manufacturing distributor with multiple ERPs with medium-sized IT group, and they had a sophisticated management team and private equity owners. They have lots of people that are like, I want this, I want that, da, 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 da. lots of high need people. And that's great because they want to run the business. They want to make the most profitable decisions that they can. So that's where bing, the indicator goes up for us like, oh, okay, maybe, you know, let's see what the ERPs can do. And in this case, multiple ERPs, and they had leveraged the heck out of the reports that they could. Um, and they really had this drive for product profitability. They had bought businesses that basically sold the same items at different prices and were making very similar items. And so they really needed that profitability tracked across the global business units. And for them, they went with a single BI platform, uh, Click. And um, it was able to bring in different data sets, different um, types of systems, ERP systems, and even some CRM systems. But the logic was built in to sort of normalize all the product information, revenue information, and then allow for pretty decent visualization tools. It was pretty basic information that they wanted. The hard part was in sucking in the data from the ERPs and then getting this product, product A over here is the same as product B over here, but in the BI tool, and even getting into some of the analytics, frankly, we could make product B look like product A so we could create those relationships, but it was simple. It was very straightforward, but they got a ton of uh, gain from it because they were able to see the profitability in a way that um, they hadn't been able to before. Now, this last scenario, this was a very, very interesting um, project because um, it's actually a company out of uh, Denver that was looking at um, lots of different lines of business, um, point of sale data, um, different kinds of information. They're pulling revenue, mostly on the revenue side. Cost side was okay. We could get into that. But on the revenue side, they had a lot of diverse businesses. And all of those businesses were online of business apps, meaning they were very specific to what the functions were, but we needed the ability to sort of roll up the information for just overall financial reporting, but then also to drill through the information and look at trends and, and, and different sorts of um, analytics. And I mentioned in this scenario, this, um, this use case here, that we had a very Microsoft-centric IT group. And, and that was really good. It wasn't just the IT group, frankly, it was also the finance group. So we were able to use um, the Microsoft um, um, sort of BI stack, Power BI, and a whole lot of other tools. I don't even know what they call the tools now. It's different names for different things for Microsoft. Um, but we were able to get the drill down. We were able to get the visibility into to the diverse revenue information across the various lines of business. But I'll tell you, it was expensive um, because we had to have two or three people working on this from the vendor side for you know three to six months. And then on the client side, we had to have two or three people, the revenue analysts. We had to have people that were closer to the point of sale systems, et cetera. Uh, but wow, did that reduce a significant amount of Excel work. So in the long run, ROI was longer for sure. The cost was higher up front, but the automation that they put in is going to pay off for years and years. Of course, the business is going to change again, and then they'll have to update it. So it's not as if we put, uh, sort of set it and forget it. 
but we built out a platform. They built out a platform really that could be leveraged um, regardless of buying assets in other countries or other types of businesses that can plug right in. So that's a good example of those gradients. If we go to our next slide, last question. You almost made it. It's two. It's a uh, twelve twelve forty nine in Mountain Time. Uh, true or false? All ERPs have built in BI and analytics tools. True or false? I don't know if we explicitly even touched on that. So I'm curious to see what y'all think on this one. Although I can't see the answers, but take your take a good crack at that. Good. Another 10 seconds there. Perfect. The answer is false. Some of them don't. And uh, even, even some of the N4 tools, for instance, uh, Cloud Suite tools have a bolt-on package called Burst um, that's not necessarily built into the tool, but actually sits on top of it. Um, whereas some of the other tools, the Microsoft tools have sort of the power automate and all that, the data lakes and everything that's outside, but integrates in. So good. All right. Let's go on to our next slide. We talked about a lot and we're right at our time, which is good. Um, the right BI and analytics tools can make a huge difference in efficiency and success for your organization every single time. Um, you do need to be aware of the problem that you're trying to solve. Know that just go out and buying blah isn't necessarily going to solve that particular solution. Probably the other point I would mention here too is the BI, the analytics tools, reporting tools are really only as good as the people who write them. And it does require constant upgrading, uh, updating and changes as your business evolves for sure. So you really want to have a gal or guy, whatever, somebody who's really strong that understands data. It's sort of a data junkie. Um, you get a person like that. Maybe it's a team of people if you're big enough, right? That last one, we had to have a team of people. But if you if you have those people that can take the full ownership of the data, and the analytics, you are golden, right? Get them a platform. It's more than worth it for sure. And let us know if you ever need a hand too. You know where to find us and we can give you some insights on that. I think that's it. John, thank you so much as always for sharing such great information with everyone. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Yep. So, and thank you again, everyone, for joining us for our webinar today. If you have any questions about today's presentation, please let us know. Call, email us. We're happy to help in any way we can. And also, if you'd like a copy of the deck from today's presentation, please let us know. Um, you can email me and I'd be happy to send that to you. Uh, again, if you need CPE credit for today's presentation and you attended the full 50-minute presentation and answered each of the polling questions, please send an email to me, Juliet at erpadvisorsgroup.com. Um, let's see. Okay, so we have some upcoming events. Um, our, uh, we're beginning, I guess, um, a vendors collaboration series. And our first one is on Thursday, February 23rd. Um, our registration details are still pending on that. Um, but then we have another one with Acumatica scheduled for Thursday, March 9th. So be sure to join us for that. You can go to our website, erpadvisorsgroup.com for more details and to register. ERP Advisors Group is one of the country's top independent enterprise software advisory firms. ERP Advisors Group advises mid to large size businesses on selecting and implementing business applications from enterprise resource planning, customer relationship management, human capital management, and business intelligence and other enterprise applications, which equates to millions of dollars in software deals each year across many industries. Thank you again for joining us today. Thank you.